offense. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You know it, you know it, you're here for fantasy football goodness and greatness. And today we have a uncomfortable topic. We're talking about avoids. We're talking about bus players. We're talking about potential bus players. No, not everybody I talk about will in fact bust. It's a projection game. It's a prediction game. Uh, but these are a grip of players that I feel have too much risk attached to their name given the cost of entry. As I always tell you, there's a line in the sand for everything in life, in fantasy football, in Netflixing, in 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 trying to negotiate at work, whatever. There's a line in the sand where something becomes a good value and when something becomes a bad value. In the case of, let's say, a Derrick Henry, there is a point where Derrick Henry's in avoid, 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 avoid. This is the no-go zone for Derrick Henry. And avoid, avoid, avoid. Here's that line in the sand where Henry flips into a let's get the guy, go time. Everybody, everybody has a line in the sand, but Josh Jacobs. Every, I mean everyone but Josh Jacobs. He's the only guy I have a personal grudge against. He's the only guy I'm biased against. I don't know why. No, we know why. We know why. No, it's not because he blocked me on social media. It's because this man just toyed with fantasy worlds, told everybody he was out, uh, you know, uh, that that one week where I'm not playing, I'm injured, and then he comes in and plays. Just, Just flipping off fans, telling fans to come fight him at the stadium. I'm biased against Josh Jacobs. That's the only buddy, the only person I'm, I'm biased against. But everybody else has a line in the sand. Okay? Derrick Henry has a line in the sand. Um, Chris Godwin's got a line in the sand. Michael Thomas has a line in the sand. Cam Akers even has a line in the sand for me. Everybody has a line in the sand. But let's talk about where a lot of these guys fall. And is there a, a, a capable line of, in the sand uh, of... of of getting to where these guys can be players that I would draft. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Derrick Henry can reach the line in the sand for me. I don't think Cam Akers can ever reach the line in the sand for me. I don't think Chris Godwin can ever reach a line in the sand where I take him. That's why I've pinpoint, uh, I've narrowed down these four guys right here. And and most of the time, Michael Thomas is going way too high for me to ever toy around with saying to myself, okay, has he crossed that line in the sand? I did take him in a recent draft with some of you guys in the voicemail league. Uh, everybody that leaves a lot of voicemails, we have a league we, we started. It's a dynasty league. Yeah, every once in a while, somebody does a dynasty league. Um, hit that thumbs up button, says Jack. We have, uh, you know... 40 to, to 50 people popping in and out. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in. Help your boy Smitty. But we can talk about Tyreek Hill. We can we can definitely plot a, a bunch of players on the line in the sand board over here. Okay, Tony? So keep keep that in the arsenal. Pop that back out here in a couple minutes when we, we go to fantasy football court. We'll do line in the sand fantasy football court. How's that? Uh, but, but Michael Thomas in general, I find people believe in him way too, too much. Somebody in a draft, especially redraft mock drafts but dynasty he falls to a point where i find myself sometimes taking him 
but in, in general, these four guys I've, I've pinpointed because they don't ever fall to a place where it's even that's even close to my line in the sand. Nick Chubb will go over Sanu. Uh, bring him up during fantasy football court. I, I'm going to say right now, Derrick Henry, his line in the sand for me. Let's let's call Derrick Henry what he is—a top five pick to everybody else in the world, but but people here on the show and 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 to me. Here's round one. Here's the one point one. Here's the one point one two. Derrick Henry seems to fall in the one point three. Uh, you could even call it one point two. There are a lot of people that that say to me, and they say it's so funny. It's like it's almost like they've been missing, you know, on a milk carton for 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 weeks. They're like. Smitty, for months. Smitty, wait a minute. Why isn't Derrick Henry at your 1.2? As if there's not an argument to be made about it. As if there's not good logical rationale as to why this man should completely be avoided. Like, I get it if you're not on team avoid Derrick Henry. I understand. Like, there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, let me see. You just super chatted, but it's not coming up. I don't see the super chat. Uh, Derek, try try it again. I don't see it. Um, there, there's logical reasons for liking Henry. Like I, I'm not. I I don't. I don't react the same way I'm saying people react to me about Derek Henry. Like I don't. If you say, "Hey, I like Derek Henry," one point two. I don't go. <laughs> like I get it. You like him. Like, I understand why. I get why. You think he's built differently. Okay. Smitty's built differently. You think that he was so dominant last year that that's going to happen. Didn't you see him last year? You think that the injury's freak. Like, you think, oh, if he didn't get hurt, Smitty. Smitty, that injury, you couldn't have predicted. It's a small injury. He'll be fine. You think that the, the plate in his foot won't affect him. The plate won't affect him, Smitty. I understand all that. Like, and I accept it. Like, I, I don't, no one's taking a lap because they're like Derrick Henry 1.2. But all these things, to me, are complete avoid red flag situations. And then you pile on top of the fact that he's had a 2,000-yard season that he broke from. His History told us and predicted and forecasted and foreshadowed that he would break in 2021. And I told you, avoid him or trade him by double-digit weeks. You have to trade him by week 10. What happened? He got hurt right around week 10. He broke. History told us that. That wasn't even me. That's me uh, not reading the tea leaves. Me reading the, the 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 signs everywhere. The writing on the wall. History told us you rush for 2,000 yards, you break. You your, your numbers get cut in half. And people would say, Smitty, even if his numbers got cut in half, he'd be pretty darn good. Correct. But the reason they're cut in half 80% of the time when you run for 2,000 yards... And we don't have a ton of players that have done it with seven. But when you do it, you break because of it. That's why your numbers get cut in half. You break. And when you break, and only Barry Sanders of the seven didn't break, when you break, you never return. You don't just break for a year and then come back. Derrick Henry, 400 plus carries, that's a curse all in itself. He's not coming back to form for a full season. Maybe, maybe Derrick Henry delivers elite production uh, for uh, uh, a certain period of time. Maybe. It's possible. But Derrick Henry is probably going in this range right here. 1.2 to 1.7. That's his. That's where he lives. That is his zone. Derrick Henry lives in that area. Okay? And when you talk about taking Derrick Henry 
anywhere in this range, you're running the risk of your season completely going to crap because this is a big, heavy investment. This is where you can get a Jamar Chase. This is where you can get a Justin Jefferson. This is where you can get an, an Austin Eckler, who who has risk in his in himself. Like that, there's risk there. Um, these are all places where you can get, I think, safer players. But Derrick Henry is my line in the sand so low that you probably will not see me ever be able to consume any shares and redraft in a redraft setting. Probably because my my line in the sand is literally at this turn pick, at this 12-13 turn. Like, if I can make Derrick Henry one of my two back-to-back players, I'm all for that. I can do that, but only uh, in one league. Like, if I had two different leagues side-by-side, I would only do this in one league. Only one league. Not two leagues, not three leagues, not four leagues, not 15% of my fantasy football drafts. 10%. One out of 10. If I do 10 leagues... I'm taking Henry in one of them at 12. And that's it. I'm not taking Henry anywhere else. I'm not taking Henry at 8. I'm not taking Henry at 6. I'm not taking... Why? Because Jamar Chase is there. Why? Because Justin Jefferson will be there. Or Eckler. Or Najee Harris. I'm getting one of those players. One of those three. Cooper Cup. I'm getting one of those four players. Cooper Cup, Jefferson, Jamar Chase, or Eckler. Probably not Najee, but throw him in there. One of those six players in the top eight. Someone's going to get cute and grab Henry or Cook or someone that I don't necessarily want. At least two or one, but probably two players I don't rank in my top eight will go in the top eight. Therefore, I feel like I'm pretty locked and loaded to get one of Cooper Cup, Jefferson, Jamar, Eckler, Najee. I feel pretty locked in or Eckler getting one of those players in the top eight. That means that at like 9, 10, 11, 12 is the only place I would even contemplate going Derrick Henry, but I think I would still figure out something else, another avenue to take. I don't like Derrick Henry at nine or eight or seven. I just don't. And you could say I'm crazy. You can say Smitty, he's built different. You'll see, you're going to pay for this. You, you'll see Smitty. This is the only place and in one league I'd toy with it. That's it. That's it. My line in the sand's 12 overall. You can, you can like it. You can hate it. You can say you'll never own them. That's ridiculous. That's fine. That's my line in the sand. That's why my story here that I'm telling is that you will not see Derrick Henry probably on a single one of my redraft teams because my line in the sand is not realistic to the to, to the regular world. And that's okay. I've designed it that way. That's by design, baby. That's by design. And yeah, I see that. I see that comment in the chat here. Kenneth Walker to the moon. Aaron wants a moon call, a moon shot. To the moon. Kenneth Walker to the moon, baby. Moonshot approved. Only only so many of the moonshots get called out per per episode. So Aaron, you you were able to grab my attention and get a moonshot. A moon call, baby. Moon calls are not just handed out like candy. Moon calls and moonshots here on the fantasy football show are very, very uh uh they're 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 not plentiful, they're very coveted, they're they're a novelty, and Kenneth Walker. He's getting a moonshot, baby. Uh, Dalvin Cook, that's a great question. Let, let's let's put let's put some names. So Dalvin Cook, we'll put right here. Um, who were the other questions you guys had? Drop drop the other player names. Come, some of you had some good ones that you brought up, and and I said we'd address them later. Drop them on the screen again, and I'll throw them on here, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll plot them in a second. So Derrick Henry, twelve. 
I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. They just refunded my super chat. I don't know what happened, bro. Uh, that's weird. Try try it again, pal. I don't know what else to tell you on that one. Can anybody else super chat? Like, is there like a YouTube issue right now? I'm not 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 saying you have to, but if anybody does, we can see if it works. Hoovy, I'm the 1.1 rookie draft, uh, but I'm feeling like I should go Kenneth Walker over Hall. Try and trade down to the 1.2. If you can't and you feel Walker's the guy like I do, you got to do what you got to do, man. Um, I like Walker. I like Walker. I like Walker more. I'm going to do my best to trade down. I'm not talking about getting a third rounder or something like that. Don't do that. Um, but but I certainly would try and get something, like moving your in the vet draft, or it's probably a dynasty league. Can you upgrade a player? Can you upgrade a player? Can you take a Godwin, one of the doubted players here, Mike Thomas or Cam Akers and, and, and Henry, or just turn them into a slightly better player? Like go after a slight upgrade with that person's team. You know, if, if, if they've got, if you've got a wide receiver like, I don't know, um, Mike Evans, can you turn Mike Evans into you know, a slightly better wide receiver, something like that is what I would probably try and attack. Uh, so number 12 overall for Derrick Henry, that is my line in the sand. Let's talk about Cam Akers. Cam Akers has a value. Good gracious. I don't, uh, let me pull up some, some rankings here um, and, and, and try and figure out where Cam Akers is probably going to go. I would guess his ADP is probably third round if I had to guess right now. Um, which is like way far beyond any line in the sand I'm going to have. So let me look up Cam Akers. Cam Akers overall right now is looking like a 31 overall, running back 15 to 16. That's crazy, man. 31 overall. I, I can't I can't get behind that. I can't even get close to that. So here's round one, two, three, and four. So this is pick 24. This is pick 36. He's going at 31. So he's going somewhere in this range right here in the third round. That's where Cam Akers is going. And I'm sorry, but like this might offend some Cam Akers fans, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even consider there's a 0% chance I'm taking Cam Akers anywhere in the third round, let alone fourth round. Zero. Zero percent chance. Negative percent chance. Like, the line in the sand for everybody on the screen, no one's as further away from the reality so far away from my line in the sand. No one's, no player has a further gap between reality and my line than Cam Akers in probably all of fantasy football 2022. Like, this is ridiculous. 31 overall value. Zero percent chance and this coming from somebody that admittedly has done a calculation I've done a calculation my my strength of schedule is different than everybody else's I factor in PPR exactly equally to to the rushing against stats when I do my SOS my strength of schedule far too many people just look at rushing yards against rushing uh, touchdowns against you know attempts all that no not me I factor in everything and when you some total look at the running back schedule, receiving and rushing. The Rams have probably the first or second best running back strength of schedule. That's great for Cam Akers if you like him. Or is it great for the Rams in general? Whoever's running the football, whether it's going to be Daryl Henderson or my boy Kyron Williams, who I think eventually takes the job. Now, 
Rookies don't climb very fast in a McVay system. We saw it with Daryl Henderson. We saw it with 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 pretty much everybody that's come in. Even even Cam took until the end of that that rookie year to have that little breakout, um, and, and then obviously he got hurt. But but Cam, Cam broke out at the end, the very end of his rookie year. So McVay doesn't use his rookies very early. Like, we have to know that. And when you go investing in Kyron Williams, you better not be expecting anything anytime soon. But my prediction with Cam is twofold. One, he's either going to struggle very badly because no running back in the history running back has ever recovered from an Achilles injury to return or become a top 10 running back in the NFL. Not Adrian Peterson. That's an ACL. Bob Smitty, what about Adrian Peterson? He recovered from his Achilles. No, he didn't, Bob. That was an ACL. That's like me saying, Bob, your right hand or your left hand. Completely different. The exact opposite. The exact opposite. And then we get these comments. This is next. I knew this is it's it never fails. DeAndre Foreman. That's not a top ten running back. What'd I just say? He's not a top. Not even, he did really well filling in. Like, let's be honest. But let me ask you this question, Lawrence. How long did it take him? How long? How many decades did it take Deonta Foreman to get back? How many decades did it take Marlon Mack to get back to a position where he might just get a little bit of a shot? Like, there. The the statement I made is return to or become a top ten running back. No running back has ever torn his Achilles tendon and returned or become a top 10 running back. And you can say, maybe not Cooper Cup recovered. (laughs) Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, Brian. Come on, Brian. (laughs) Brian, take a lap. Brian, Cooper Cup suffered a torn ACL. Brian, Cooper Cup tore his ACL. That is not an Achilles tendon, Brian. (laughs) Brian, that's like saying someone broke their neck when they broke their ankle. I still appreciate you, Brian. Laps are good for you. Don't take offense to it. (laughs) Oh, anyway. (laughs) Let's get back to the point. Uh, Nowhere near. I'm not going near Cam Akers. Just nowhere near. Not even close. Uh, ACL, ACLs are scary injuries too because the next to go would be the Achilles. So he, here's the thing. As I said, this is twofold. This is twofold. Cam Akers is either going to never return to form or if he does, it's like De- Deonta Foreman. It takes a long time. Okay, it takes a long time for him to to get back to form. It's not going to be this year. Him coming back after six months recovered was the dumbest move that not only he made but the organization allowed to happen. Um, 
absolutely ridiculous by that organization to let him. I don't care. People say Smitty, the medical staff, obviously felt like it was a good idea for him to come back on the field. Who are you joking? This NFL uh, uh, environment with medical staff, and you don't think players have been shoved out onto the field when they're not ready? You don't think coaches pressure athletes to go out onto the field? I'm not defending Antonio Brown. I'm not saying Antonio Brown's story was 100% true or was true at all. Antonio Brown's a hard guy to trust, but those situations where coaches are like, get back on the field, or your job's on the line, or, hey, you're afraid that you're going to lose your job like Cam Akers, so you're going to not be honest with the process either. If just because a, a coaching staff or a medical staff cleared you to go doesn't mean that everything is okay. Going onto the field after six months recovery, trying to do it after five, is reckless to your body and causing potential, most definitely, problems with that Achilles uh, healing process. So, let me answer this question real quick. 12-team redraft, where would you draft a tight end? Um, I'm drafting Dalton Schultz in round 6-7, or uh, uh, Dawson Knox, or Pat Fryermuth. I'm getting those 6-7, 8-round tight ends because Dalton Schultz could be the number 3 or four tight end in fantasy football 2020. Wouldn't shock me if Dalton Schultz was in the in the two spot all year long. Dalton Schultz is a steal. So go after Dalton Schultz in round six, seven acts. You can kind of tell by where the, the, the players are falling on the pre-rank list. So let that guide you. If Dalton Schultz on the overall pre-rank list in your, in your draft isn't even a scroll away, like he's far down there, like a full scroll away, you know he's probably going to fall to you. When you start seeing him pop up, and you don't have to scroll at all. He's in that next 10 available guys. You got to think about, okay, he might be going soon. So use the pre-rank to your, to, as your guide. I don't really know exactly where you'll have to take him in your specific draft. Dalton Schultz is all over the board. But your pre-rank should tell you and get, give you an idea of who's going to see him. When you get into round 6, 7, 8, bro, a lot of people are magazine drafters, acts. They aren't like you and me and everybody in here who consume fantasy football for, for a living and and because of what we wanted is what we, we do. You know, that that's we live for this stuff. We live Dalton Schultz to the moon. Good call. Good call. Good call, Silver. To the moon. Dalton Schultz gets a moon call. Moonshot, baby. Um when you get to round six or seven, you're gonna have people just picking guys off the pre rank, bro. They just look at it and they go, I don't know who I want. I'm going to go ahead and pick him. He's number four ranked. He's got to be good, right? People draft who they recognize. They're influenced. They draft who the pre-ranked list suggests to them. Not not necessarily in like rounds one, two, and three, even four. Once you get to six, seven, people are like, I don't know. I've been out of it. Uh, You know, my wife's been in my ear. You can't play fantasy football. No magazines for you. No subscription to thefantasyfootballshow.com. I'm not going to let you do it. And they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing, bro. They're not here mock drafting with us day and night. They don't know. Dalton Schultz to the moon. Dalton Schultz to the moon. Dalton Schultz, Kenneth Walker, Javante. Give Javante Williams a moon call. To the moon. Javante to the moon. Um, Cam Akers, let's finish this up. My my line in the sand for Cam is probably like in the, I don't know, five, six round range. It's not even close to this third round value. It's not even in the next round. That's why I'm not going to be drafting Cam Akers in 2022. And as I mentioned, the twofold part of Cam Akers avoiding him, Cam's going to potentially not be the same, not have that step, 
not be able to get back to form, especially right now. Maybe the 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 therapies that they're using with him, the cutting edge Achilles injury stem cell therapy stuff, does make him uh, recover quicker. Maybe he's like guinea pig number one for it, though. Like you gonna bank on it? I'm not. I'm not gonna put my third round draft selection in Cam Akers when I can draft Kenneth Walker two rounds beyond that. Like trade down and acquire another fourth rounder and fifth rounder for my third rounder if I can get Kenneth Walker. Like, let me ask you this question, okay? Because this is where it's crazy to me. This is where it's crazy to me. If I can trade my third rounder for a fourth and fifth rounder, because people, when you're on the clock, will do it. They want that third rounder bad. There's a player they're targeting. They want a Cam Akers. They want... If you could trade your third rounder, you're not happy with the players that fall to, to round three. You're not seeing a Brees Hall there. You're not seeing a Josh Allen there who I don't mind reaching for in round three if you're unhappy with the running backs and wide receivers. Why not trade your third rounder for a fourth and fifth? You can get Herbert in round five sometimes. You can get Kenneth Walker in round four or five. Uh, would would you? Let me ask you a question. Kenny or Andrew or, or whoever, not Kenny because he doesn't like Kenneth Walker. Uh, Kevin uh, Silver, would you take Justin Herbert and Kenneth Walker for Cam Akers? Because what I'm telling you is that Cam Akers goes in round three. Kenneth Walker and and Herbert go literally in round five and round five. You could take two fifth rounders and get Justin Herbert and Kenneth Walker for Cam Akers. That's how you got to think and construct your team as you go into 2022 in redraft, in dynasty, in auction. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what format you're in. It's the same thinking. Can you construct a better team going Kenneth Walker and Herbert in round double round five picks or Cam Akers in round three? Tell me, somebody in here tell me they'd take Cam Akers over Herbert and Walker. Please drop it in the chat. Somebody, nobody, nobody's going to say that. Everyone's going to say, give me Herbert and Walker. Are you out of your mind? Give me Walker over Cam Akers. I take Walker over Cam Akers 1,000 times out of 100. 1,000 times out of 100. I take Kenneth Walker over Cam Akers. And Kenneth Walker's going in round sometimes six. It's crazy. Which means I'm not taking Cam Akers until Kenneth Walker's off the board. And as Aaron said, Rashad Penny's already banged up. And he's on a one-year deal. And let me say this about our boy Kenneth Walker, who gets another moonshot to the moon. Call him. Call him to the moon, baby. Let me tell you another amazing thing about Mr. Kenneth Walker. He's walking into a very good situation, a situation that took me about, I don't know, uh, 45 minutes to to really accept because I wanted him to go to Buffalo when that pick came in. I'll admit, I was like, no, but then they drafted offensive line. Then you look at the numbers. Then you really dig into the situation. And I wanted to be honest with myself and not just want to will Walker into stardom, you know, and miss the boat and be like, okay, this situation's too 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 hard to overcome with no quarterback. You look at how Denver ran the ball. I don't care about the split. Uh, Javante and Gordon. Oh, now you're proving my point, Smitty. It's going to be Penny and Penny and Walker are going to be Javante and Gordon. Don't tie those two situations together and assume they're the same. But Denver ran the ball very well without a quarterback because they had a good running attack. Seattle ran very, very well last year. And I know without Russell Wilson, it could change a little bit. But they improved the offensive line. 
Penny was one of the most electric running backs in fantasy football in the second half of the season. It was averaging like six, seven yards per carry. It was absolute madness. And you might take from that statement, oh man, then that means Penny's going to be good. Or you could look a little deeper and play 3D chess instead of checkers and realize that the offense does know how to run the football. Pete Carroll does know how to ground and pound. And Kenneth Walker is a 10 times better athlete, player, with more 10 times more upside than, than Rashad Penny, who has had a lot of time to prove himself in this league and hasn't a, been a, a able to stay healthy, B, prove himself. He hasn't been able to prove himself. If anybody thinks that Kenneth Walker is going to struggle to take over, he's a dynamic player that, that, that totaled like over 180 yards a game practically in college. You look at Kenneth Walker's game log. Where's that game log? I believe it's right. Is this the game log? I think this is the game log for Kenneth Walker. I believe this is. Can someone confirm? I think it is. 138 and 1. Uh, then he had a, a little off day there with the six carries. 30 and 43 with two touchdowns. 23, 146 and 1. 23, 197 and 5. Look at that game against Michigan. 23 carries for 197, 8.6 yards per carry, five touchdowns. The thing that's crazy about people that say Kenneth Walker is somebody that can't catch the football. Schmitty, but Schmitty, Kenneth Walker can't catch the football. I mean, don't you think they would have thrown it to... This is what my mom would say. This is mom analysis. You're giving me, you're giving me mother-type level analysis when you say something like this. But don't you think that they would have thrown the football to him if he knew how to catch Schmitty? Let me ask you a question, Bob, or Frank, or Bud. Do Does this look like the kind of guy that can't be a good receiving back? Like, answer the question. Like, seriously, if you believe that he can't catch the football, if you believe Kenneth Walker cannot catch the football, answer this question for me. How on earth is he so able to shed tacklers find open lanes in the middle being a good receiving back is all about making players miss and finding open space this guy is the number one player in college football coming out of 2021 in terms of finding the best open space and lanes to 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 navigate to and making players miss number one enforced like think about what you're saying Think about what you're saying when you come to me and say he can't catch the football. Number one, he proved it. In the combine and workouts, his hands are fine. So the only argument you have, you cannot say he can't catch. You cannot say he can't catch the football. You could say, Smitty, what about in games? Why doesn't he catch footballs in games? You can come to me with that, and then I'm going to shut you down and smash you, your argument into little pieces. Because here it goes. And, and defend it if you want in the chat. I'd love for somebody that thinks he can't catch the football to, to call into the show right now. In fact, I'm opening the phone line. Call into the show. Right now, if you believe that Kenneth Walker cannot catch the football, call into the show right this very second and make your case. Because I'm I'm going to wait for somebody to call in and trying to describe to me what rationale they have other than he didn't catch the football in college that explains that he won't translate in terms of catching the football at the next level. Because everything you see right here 
on this screen right here is electric. Everything you see on film is him dominating and finding the most open space around. Call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602-NFL. Somebody come, come to me. Bring it. Bring it. Let me know why you think Kenneth Walker can't catch some football. When the keys to catching the football, A, can you, do you have brick hands? Do you have stone hands? No, he doesn't. He proved it at the combine. Number two, can you make players miss? Number one in college football, enforce missed tackles. Number one in, number two in total yardage. Number one elusive rated running back in the, in the, in the FBS. Number one elusive rated running back in all of college football coming out of the 2021 NFL draft class. Number one. What on earth makes any of you that doubt him as a receiver say that he can't catch the football at the next level? What makes anybody think he can't be a top five PPR running back at the next level? The dude has all of the makings to be a top five PPR running back. A top one to five. He could be the the best receiving back in the entire NFL. Like, the everything that I look for in a PPR guy, aside from the fact that they didn't use him because he couldn't, what was he doing right here? Do I come to your office and ask you why you aren't faxing TPS reports when you spend your entire day giving presentations? You're, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? What's up? Deuces. Call in. They, they were speechless. They were speechless. They heard what I said. They said, never mind. And they backed out. Somebody bring me, somebody bring me some tangible reasons why you think Kenneth Walker won't thrive at the NFL level in terms of pulling in the football. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Hey, Smitty. It's Jose. Jose, what's up, pal? So I'll, I'll play Douglas Advocate. Oh, Jose, don't. And- I don't want to blast and go, you. Really. And go against you. Just the, what was his college production in terms of receiving? It doesn't matter though. For, like for they, they they didn't use him, Jose. That's that's out there. Like I've already taken away that ammunition but, because they didn't use him. He got transferred from another school that ran the same kind of scheme and system. And both those systems did not ask the running back to pull in the football. When he did, he did. You know, he he he'd have games where he pull in some passes. He had a touch receiving touchdown. I think it was like week three or week four. He had some some receiving stats. But if you look at his totals, Jose, he's running the ball twenty nine times. He's running the ball twenty. Why why doesn't does Derek can Derek Henry catch the football? Can he physically catch the football? Is yeah, Derek, he can. Okay, he just, they don't throw him the football. Right. Why don't they throw him the football? Because he's running 27 to 29 times a game, Jose. He's running 27 to 29 times a game. You can't do... Jose, I can't come to your place of employment. Let's say you work in an office and you're you're creating TPS reports. I can't come to you when you're creating TPS reports 23 hours a day and ask you, why are you not giving more presentations? This guy's running the football 27 to 29 times a game, getting over 200 and 170 yards on the ground, three and five TDs. And he's the number one elusive rated running back, according to PFF, in the entire college football atmosphere. And he's the number one in force missed tackles and number two in total yardage. What more could he do? And I'm not, Jose, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the topic. What more could he do when he's being asked to do all of these things? 
and then people judge him. It's like judging Debo Samuel for not having more, more receiving stats when you asked him to play running back more than 50% of the time. It's absolutely madness to me. Jose, the number one and two and three things that make you a good receiver is having good hands. He is not proven to have bad hands at all. He and, he and Brees Hall had phenomenal near-perfect combines. Number two, you're elusive. He's the number one elusive rated running back in all of college football. Number three, you miss, you force missed tackles and you break tackles. He's number one in college football. Every single metric you look at, aside from did they use him, supports that he could be the number one or a top five PPR running back at the next level if they throw him the football. Plain and simple. If I if I want to go against that argument, is that I don't know. In the team he's in in Seattle, with the coach being with his coach, if they're gonna throw him the ball, what's my expectation for him in receiving for the for for this season? As a rookie, because if he can catch the ball, but they're not gonna throw him, the, they're not gonna throw the ball faster to him. What what makes you think they won't like Carson? Carson was not an electric elite talent, and he he had I think a forty three reception season. Like this isn't an offense that doesn't throw the football to the running back. Not to mention a lot of that has to do with the quarterback. That quarterback's gone, so it's not like you can literally tie the tendencies of Russell Wilson over the years and the stats that he provided for the running back to because not every play is scripted like. The quarterback goes through checkdowns in different, uh, you know, different processes in finding the open wide receiver. It's not always going to wide receiver X. It's not always going to this player. Like that is very quarterback dependent. So here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. It, is he going to have 50, 60, 70, 80 receptions as a rookie? No. His rookie year is going to be a rookie year receiving. Uh, type of season. It's going to be 30 receptions, 35 receptions if he's lucky and has a good rookie season. But the other thing you got to think about, even if you want to say that Seattle could hold him back until they get a good passer, let's say they don't throw to him like they should. Although bad passing situations, quarterbacks with inexperience, they do check down to the running back more frequently than a seasoned veteran that knows what he's doing, throwing the football down the field to DK Metcalf and Lockett all day long. So there's some there's some good logic as to why the running back might be a safety net more in this situation. But let's pretend that he catches 30 balls a year, like which is that's nothing. He could he could do that with ease based on the things that I've said. He's still going to be asked to do sim like if you're if he's running enough. Look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry in PPR or non PPR is no different because of the volume and yardage totals that he's bringing in. Now if He's not used in the running game like I expect and doesn't get the receptions, then you have a problem. I don't see that happening. Even if they give him 30 receptions a season for his first two years while they get their their good quarterback in place, whoever it's going to be, he'll get enough rushing stats where it's not going to hamper him. He's going to be efficient enough. Even if he's not a top three or four or five PPR guy, he's got time to get there. Zeke Elliott was not catching footballs in college. Everyone said he was going to be garbage in the PPR rankings. Zeke Elliott became one of the best PPR backs in the game. And, and, and there was a lot of those, those things that you could look at and pinpoint 
from his game, from his film, from his his skill set that said that if they threw to him, he would ball. Kenneth Walker may not have 70 receptions this year. I get that. He's going to have maybe, call it 25 to 35. Like, that's a good receiving season for a rookie as they get him in the mix. And maybe he doesn't get fully unleashed till week seven. Maybe he shares carries for four, five, six weeks, which is fine because there's plenty of running backs that get unleashed in week seven or eight from that point on that become top five running backs because of that stretch. Like, I'm okay with him not hitting a rookie wall and easing him in. This guy is a yardage machine. This guy is an elusive tackle-breaking monster. And the guy proved he has good hands. Everything is there, Jose, but what you're saying, which has a valid, you know, it's a valid concern. Will they throw it to him? Will he, is he now in another situation, like in college, where they don't want to throw to him? That is to be decided. But I'm going to say that when you've got a monster like this and you're Pete Carroll, you're going to feed him. All different ways, but. If he gets 30 receptions for his rookie season, you should be very happy. 25 to 35, I think he can easily get that number. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I think, I don't know what Pete Carroll's going to do because I don't know what he does, but personally, but if, if they run the ball like they're supposed to, and they feed him the rock, he's going to, by the end of the year, you're going to be happy you dropped him. And he's going to be, I just want his ADP to be down so I can just keep dropping Yeah, his ADP is ridiculous, bro. It's insulting, and I love it. It's insulting. He's going in the two in the two best ball drafts from the, uh, and let me put this on the screen here. Guys, go to um, thefantasyfootballshow.com and click on this exact um, underdog image that you see inside this computer computer uh, image right here. Go to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Click that underdog banner. Go play this $10 million in prizes, Best Ball Mania 3. We're all in it. We're all jumping into it. Jose, have you drafted in it yet? Not in that tournament yet. You got to do it. Plenty of like, I did I did a few other tournaments that did their... their they have their puppy tournament. If you don't want to spend twenty five dollars, just spend five dollars and play the puppy tournament. The first prize is seven seventy thousand. So yeah, there's no excuse. You yeah, can, you can you know you don't want to sell out twenty five, sell out five bucks. Yeah, go to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Click on the underdog banner. Shell out ten buck minimum. You know, and, and I'll give you a free phone call if you do it. Just DM me on Instagram or email me at thefantasyfootballshow.com. Click on the contact form. Email me. Let me know you did it. Show me a screenshot. I will give you a free phone call and we'll chop it up. But but yeah, okay, Jose, I'm gonna let you go. But yeah, Kenneth Walker in this best ball tournament, the twenty five dollar entry best ball mania three, where it, all of us will be in the same bucket. Of you play in your league for like four weeks or something, Jose, I think, and then the winner of your league, your league of 12 that you draft with, advances to the big bucket of total point winner, you know, contest guys. And then you all fight for that first place. And I believe, like, th- if you're like 300th place, you get like $1,500. I think it's like, I think you, like, the prizes are insane. It's $10 million in prizes on the Best Ball Mania 3. We're all going to be fighting together. All my teams are going to face each other if they advance through the first, you know, four weeks or whatever inside the the division of people you draft with. And there'll be 
facing each other. And I'm getting Kenneth Walker in the sixth round on the regular, Jose. On the regular in this best ball tournament. At that price, you can't. Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, 93 I'll let pe- you go, Smitty. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Thank you, brother. Yep. Have a great day. Jose, beast. Uh, appreciate you, Jose. Terry says 93 to 100 people in here and only 40 likes. Come on, guys. Punch that like button. Do your boy Smitty a favor. Just smash the like button. If I'm bringing you value at all, at least do me the solid of wiping your feet at the front door. Punch the thumbs up button. Let's get this channel exploding in 2020. We're going to take over in 2022. This Monday through Friday show, no one competes with us. No one brings the thunder and heat like we do on a daily basis. On top of the fact that I do another video, I'm starting to do another video on top of the hour daily show on the main channel. And I'm going to go live. I'm going to try and go live every single day. I got to do that next. Every single day on the Dynasty channel. And you know what? We might go in and talk about, who do we talk about on the Dynasty channel? DK Metcalf? Who do you guys want to talk about on the Dynasty channel after this? I'm going to go over to the Dynasty channel right after this. Um, to locate the Dynasty channel, you just go to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show. Let me put that in the in the chat here and pin it. But more, more of you need to subscribe to the Dynasty channel because I'm going live on there every single day. It's 8 to 10 minute live stream every single day on um, on one player at a time. That's the whole point of the of the Dynasty channel is to literally be about one player at a time. Quick little videos, little live streams every single day. Dynasty Fantasy Football. Football. You gotta spell it right. YouTube.com slash Dynasty Fantasy Football. I'm gonna pin this in the chat, in the live chat. Go to that. Subscribe. We're gonna go there next. So you gotta be subscribed. Kenneth Walker, how we how we got on that tangent for so long. Um, this one's from Kenny. Proof is in the stats. Negative uh, 0.7 average depth of target, which means that he's standing right beside the QB and he only caught 60% of those guy can't catch. Kenny, just wait, bro. Just wait. I appreciate you, Kenny. I appreciate the super chat, by the way. Thank you for testing that out. Just wait, bro. The proof is in the other stat. You could bring that stat all you want. But the question I would have for you is the fact that they didn't use him at all would point that their usage of him is awful, awfully placed and awful. And if you actually watch him on film, there's nothing wrong with his hands, bro. You watch him at the combine, there's absolutely zero wrong with this kid's hands. And when you are the most elusive running back in college football and you're the tackle-breaking king and you navigate open space better than any running back in, in the game, in, in college football at your level, at your in your year, tell me. Tell me how any of that's not going to translate into being a PPR monster. It's 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 absolutely phenomenal. Um, okay, so Kenneth Walker. We're done with Kenneth Walker uh, for now. But Kenneth Walker, absolutely. To the moon. To the moon, baby. Moonshot, baby. He's gotten the most moonshots of the day. Uh, Godwin, where's Godwin's value? Chris Godwin is a tough player to... Let's go on the board here. Um, where's his ADP right now? I think it's somewhere like 60 overall. So... Here's pick 36. Here's 4. There's 48. 
There's five. There's 60. His ADP is around 60, 57, 60. So his ADP, this is pick 36. His ADP is right around here. While I don't think that's awful, like on its face, guess what players are there at 60? My favorite, ETN. ETN is the best pick in that round five range that you could possibly find. Just absolute monster. Guess who else is below that pick on average? Joe Burrow. I don't care about this early quarterback. You got to can't take a quarterback early. Taking a court, taking Joe Burrow in between the five and six, or even an all of round five. If that's early quarterbacking, I don't know how to help you. Joe Burrow is a monster steal over Godwin. No Godwin in 2022 at all. When you can get guys like Etn, Joe Burrow. Um, trying to see like Waller at tight end. Like I, I know Waller has had a disappointing year, but that's a ridiculous value for Waller. Um, there's so many guys. There's just too many guys that are gonna fall to that that pick right there. You know, like in Walker. Walker. We're saying Kenneth Walker. If Kenneth Walker is available in round five or six, where Godwin's going, you just there's no reason anybody should be taking Chris Godwin anywhere near his ADP. His line in the sand here is round six. His line in the sand for me is probably after this six turns into round seven. So round seven or eight is probably my, probably my line in the sand. Why? He's coming back from an ACL tear. Okay, he's already had a lot of injury concerns anyway. Coming back from an ACL tear. Why are we going to trust a guy that has had a little bit of injury risk coming back from an ACL tear when those players, not in general, but when those players are still on the board? There's a certain line in the sand where I do trust him. That line is well beyond guys like Burrow and Herbert and Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne, maybe even Elijah Moore, who I think is very underrated right now just because Garrett Wilson's on roster. These are all players that are much safer to me than a Chris Godwin coming back from a torn ACL that already feels a very injury, he's very injury prone esque anyway. Kevin with a super chat does strength of schedule factor into redraft first four rounds. If so, uh, Hollywood Brown players have a tough start. Or Mark, I'm sorry, I thought you said Mark, Mark, I thought you were talking about Hollywood Brown. Marquee players have a tough start. I thought you were saying Hollywood Brown. Um, I, you know, I don't know that all marquee players have a tough start, and I don't know that strength of schedule can be looked at from like a blanket statement level, bro. The reason being is sometimes your strength of schedule dictates that that you're going to have a tough time running the football or catching the football but a lot of people's strength of schedule don't account for the PPR aspects of a running back for example sometimes if you have a tough schedule that means you're going to throw a ton so there's a lot of different components to it that kind of matter when you're breaking it down so if a quarterback has a tough schedule in general they'll be throwing the ball a lot or in the case of the Cardinals having one of the tougher schedules in the entire NFL, that could mean that the Cardinals are down a lot. And Hollywood Brown, who faces typically tougher schedule than most wide receivers, is going to be force-fed the football and have a ton of PPR work, a lot of receptions. Even if his efficiency is down a little bit. Like, let's say Hollywood Brown doesn't pull in as much yardage or, or yards per catch because he's getting blanketed by tougher defenses. He might have 
a career year in receptions and that counterbalances. So there's a lot of factors involved. And in in terms of running backs, defenses change from year to year. So you factor it in for sure, but you can't let it like force you in a direction where you're not drafting a player. You know, you, it can help you more than hurt you. Meaning if the strength of schedule tells you some positive things, I look at that a little more with a heavier hand than I do the negative part because you can still produce. So it's a great question, Kevin. You definitely have to factor it in, but it's almost like a, uh, oh, uh, each each situation is different than, than than the other. You have to almost account for everything and, and not just like blanketly use it and say, oh, he's got the fourth toughest schedule. Okay, well, it, does that include PPR? Does that mean he's going to be used a ton more? Does it mean that he'll be blanketed? Like there's a lot of different implications that are case by case. So great question though, Kevin. Great question. Um, and as for Godwin's uh, line in the sand, like I, like I mentioned here, we're putting it right around round seven. In round seven, I consider him. That's it. That's it. Uh, everybody here must be in already unless we got some scaredy cats. Um, for the Cooper Cup League, maybe. There's a couple spots left. Drop a $20 super chat if you want in the Cooper Cup League. The Cooper Cup League is going to be a, a baller league. Um, four days, 13 hours, five minutes and 40 seconds left there's not 11 spots i gotta change this graphic this thing's wrong there's like two spots two to three but we have a couple people that haven't responded so i'm gonna guess that we have a couple alternates we also may move the draft date to the 10th if we don't get enough people responding that that we need to hear from uh if you guys would like into this um league drop a 20 dollars super chat or deposit 10 dollars into a brand new underdog account um, so go to thefantasyfootballshow.com or use promo code SMITTY and then show me proof that you did it. 10 bucks is all you got to drop in and you can grab a spot before they're gone. Um, four, four days, 13 hours left, two to three spots left, 9016 Cooper Cup League. If you want in, we're going to talk about it all year long. And the draft will be live on YouTube a lot. It's a, it's a one month to two month draft because it's an hour timer with 96 picks in each round. But don't think, oh, my team's going to be light. I don't know how I would draft in that situation because there's eight copies of every player in the player pool. So pick 96 is the last pick in round one. So 96, 97, whoever's got the turn picks will have that. We'll do a randomized draft order live. But whoever's got pick 96 will have pick 97, the turn picks. Those are the bookend picks. It's crazy. Um, that player right there will be the same player that's there in a 12-team league at 12 because there's eight copies of every player. So it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, 20 bucks Super Chat gets you in. It's not an entry fee by any means. It's just a, a way of creating an amazing league for all of you that have been donating to the channel and getting the channel where it's got uh, gotten up to. And and there's the prizes are unreal. We got the autographed Joe Montana and Jerry Rice Hall of Fame full-size red helmet. We've got the trophy smack, big trophy to the winner. We've got the the, the fantasy football ring going to the winner. Uh, one of these bad boys, it's heavy duty, feels like a real real ring. Comes in this amazing box that's going to make your girl think you're proposing. She's going to go, yes! And you're going to go, no! And that's, that's what you get. And then there's all kinds of other prizes coming. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Can't wait till that 49ers helmet is sitting pretty on my mantle, says Drew. Uh, Drew's excited for it. Just hoping the ring fits. You get to order your ring. 
you order it. I give you a coupon code to make it free. You get to pick the version you want. There's like a $150 or $200 version you can pick. And you customize it. You put your name on it. You put your record or point total or your favorite number. Everything is customized on it, bro. Mine says Smitty. Look, mine says Smitty. The one they sent me to, to show off, it says Smitty 2022. It's got a record 11 and 3 from 2022. Um, it's awesome. Just this, this example is, is, is awesome. The, the record, the name, you get to customize it. This is the example they gave me. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal ring. Love it. Love it. Love it. I wear it to the grocery store. I literally go. I take this thing everywhere I go. I don't just keep it in the box like like it looks like over there. I wear this thing out and I go, yeah, do you guys have any more ripe tomatoes? I'm really interested in some of your uh, freshly cut pastrami. And do you guys have boar's head uh, roast beef? I would like a pound. And then they say, did you... Are you a Super Bowl, uh, a former Super Bowl player, NFL uh, winner? Are you a, are you former MVP of the National Football League, or is that a fantasy football ring that you that you're holding? <laughs> okay, line in the sand for Michael Thomas. Who is Michael Thomas? I haven't heard that name in in forever. When's the last time we saw that guy play football? Michael Thomas, sixty overall. I should have just left the same board up. Because that's the same ADP as Godwin. So, round one, two, three, four, five, six. So, this is pick 36. This is pick 48. This is pick 60. So, MT's ADP is right around here. How do we feel about that? I feel the same exact way. Everything I just, like, you can literally, like, rewind and listen to what I said about Godwin. I, I say the same thing about Mike Thomas. Why are you going to take Mike Thomas when ETN's there? Why are you going to take Mike Thomas when Burrow is there? Why are you going to take Mike Thomas when especially Kenneth Walker, a guy that can be second-round valuable at the end of the day in hindsight? Why are you going to pick a guy like MT over any of those guys? My line in the sand for MT is probably a past round seven, just like Godwin. It's somewhere in the in the I don't know eight to ten range. I don't even know if if I'm gonna take him in round eight or seven. I'm just saying he's for sure past round into round seven or beyond. There's just no way. There's just no way I'm taking a guy like that when you have guys like Burrow and Etn and amazing players on the board. James, DM me on Instagram or email me real quick at the at uh, go to thefantasyfootballshow.com, click the contact form, and send me an email or DM me on Instagram real quick. James, do it now, James, do it now. James wants in the league. James wants in the league, and he wants to do it live. Um, Walker won't be able to catch the football because he has a bad quarterback. Okay, Jack, go rewatch the rest of the film. I appreciate you, good buddy. No laps will need to be taken on that comment. You clearly weren't here. They'll check down to him. Sometimes a bad quarterback situation is the time where a quarterback checks down the most. I mean, think about think about when, and I'm not saying Mike White's a bad quarterback. I don't mean it to come out that way, but think about when Mike White came in. Check the heck down to Michael Carter. That's your safety net when you're a quarterback. You're a young quarterback or you're a new quarterback or you're new to the offense and the the coaching one the coaching game plan is going to be different for you. Like doesn't mean 
they won't throw the football to him. Not to mention, I'm not worried about his reception totals as a rookie. Like I said, as a rookie, even though he could be one of the better PPR running backs in the game three years from now, two years from now, I'm not worried about year one where he's going to catch probably 25 to 35 passes at most. As a rookie, that's what my expectation level is. I'm not worried about him pulling in balls to the degree that he will eventually as a rookie. We're worried about him getting volume and not to mention when everybody rips on him not pulling in passes, I ask you again, what is he supposed to do when he's doing this kind of damage on the ground? He doesn't have time. They're not asking him to catch the football because the man's running for 270 yards, 143 yards, 146 yards, 233 yards, 172 yards, 264 yards, getting two and three and four touchdowns a game. What's the guy supposed to do? He's literally busy. He's busy. He says, hello. Hi, Kenneth Walker. This is the coach. Yeah, this is Kenneth Walker. We would like you to catch the football more. Coach, I'm sorry, I'm out of the office right now running the football to the end zone. I'm currently in the middle of a 264 rushing affair with four or five TDs. Can I get back to you later on this reception thing that you want me to do? I mean, what do people want from him? What do the people want from him? He's literally averaging over like 180 yards per game. And and you're wondering why he's not catching the football. It's madness, bro. It's madness. It's crazy talk. It's 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 uh it's regurgitated fear, regurgitated fear. James, uh, like I said, email me through thefantasyfootballshow.com. Click the contact form, bro. Go do it. Go do it now, James. Curry, James. Um, axes. I'm going to use my half Smitty and Axe draft strategy. I like that little little uh little mix little mix number. Appreciate that. Okay, let's go to the voice messages. It's uh, we're already over time, but that's okay. We got to get to these. We got to get to these. I asked for them. I got to take care of them. Uh, this one's from the Bruce. Hey Smitty, should I trade Rondell Moore and a third round pick for Devontae Smith? Uh, Rondell Moore and a third round pick for Devontae Smith. Was this question from yesterday? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna say. Um, Give me Devontae Smith. I like Rondell Moore a lot, but Devontae still got a big upside. I, I get it that his situation looks a little bit dampered, but take Devontae. Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everyone in the chat. Uh, Smitty, Tariq. I had a question. Uh, is Mark Andrews a viable top three tight end? Is he worth investing in the second, third round in a redraft? Thanks, pal. So you may have missed my, my – I did a whole thing yesterday on this. Um Give me, give me, give me Dalton Schultz. Give me Dalton Schultz to the moon. Dalton Schultz in round six or seven trumps Andrews in round two and three all day long. No, no chance I'm taking Mark Andrews in round two. Zero. Like, could he produce that level of, of stats, especially with Hollywood gone? He could. He could, but that that is just high draft capital. Round three, it's okay. I've actually mock drafted. Andrews in round three, and I, I didn't like I didn't dislike my team. It looked pretty solid. But give me Brees Hall in round three. Give me Josh Allen in round three. And I'll take Dalton Schultz later in apples to apples. I will have two better players than you do. If I even if I reach for a quarterback and take Josh Allen, 
And then I take Dalton Schultz. My Josh Allen and Dalton Schultz will beat your Andrews and quarterback you take where I took Dalton Schultz. Your sixth or seventh round quarterback and Andrews won't hold a candle to my Josh Allen and Dalton Schultz. That's that's science, bro. As Jesse Pinkman would say, that's freaking science, bro. That's what it is. Appreciate you, Tariq. Hey, Smitty, how many weeks do you think it's going to take before the Dolphins turn to Teddy Bridgewater and give up on Tua? I don't know, bro. That's a <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I don't think Tua is it. And, and, and part of me is disappointed in, in Miami Mike McDaniel, who, who who's made some amazing moves. Part of me wonders if I'm wrong on Tua because Miami Mike is, has done so many amazing moves. Like, this is a big, botched, you know, part of it for him. Do I think Tua could produce? Yeah, and that's why I think Miami Mike might not be wrong. He's not completely right to think this is the answer right here. Like, Tom Brady should have made it aggressive. He was, I heard he was trying to trade for Tom Brady, but then that got shot down. And he called it fake news himself. But I don't know. Part of me thinks he tried. Uh, but, but acquiring a quarterback like that is the aggressive move I expected that mirrored and matched everything else he's done aggressively. Like, I think that the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins in 2023 will not be the quarterback of the Dolphins in 20... Is not the same quarterback from Tua. Basically, Tua is not going to start in 2023 is what I'm saying. The quarterback... What I mean to say is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins 2023 is not currently yet on the roster. It'll be acquired through a trade in the offseason, whatever. Um, maybe during the season. Maybe Mike McDaniel's that guy that does a midseason trade and takes a team with the traded quarterback to the playoff. Like, who knows? Like, McDaniel's doing everything un- unorthodox, and he's doing a great job. Uh, but Tua's not it. Could Tua survive? Yeah. You know, um, Tannehill's not a great quarterback. But Tannehill survived with a good enough team around him to be the number one seed entering the playoffs last year and to be a contender like you know they didn't obviously get as far as as they had hoped but they were a number one seed and a contender a playoff contender Tua could survive it the team's so good he could be that guy that like doesn't necessarily lose his job because in the 2023 starting because he's efficient enough but he's like a pea shooter trying to fire off a bunch of these missiles that you got in Tyreek Hill and Waddle and all you know, this running back arsenal that's odd and weird. And Gesicki, you got all these these weapons here. And Tua can't possibly feed them. So I, I, I would say midseason, maybe. But but wouldn't surprise me if he stayed in there. Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq again. In a redraft perspective, if I was to go the wide receiver, wide receiver route in an auction setting again, and I got two of the top three wide receivers, I got two solid running backs, and I'm needing a quarterback, and the top guns like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert are all off the table. Who would you consider a solid top quarterback to take? Maybe a Jalen Hurts? What's your thoughts, Bob? Yeah, so Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance are probably my favorite Russell Wilson, which probably will go off the board. But if he doesn't, like if I don't get Herbert, Burrow, or Josh Allen, and Mahomes you throw in there as the fourth. Without Tyreek Hill, I don't rank him in the top three. I put him about four. But he still deserves four. But if you don't get one of those four at at a reasonable value in my mind, you know, reasonable would be the Josh Allen end of the third, Herbert five, Burrow five or six, uh, Mahomes now four or five, probably five. 
Uh, if you can't get those guys there, then Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, and Trey Lance, and not necessarily in any particular order, because I could see any one of them being the leader of that pack of three. Those are my three-pack. That's my three-pack quarterback arsenal I go after if I miss out on the big four. The three-pack, again, Trey, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts. You could throw Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in there. Look, it's a deep quarterback class, and that, that makes people often say, well, Smitty, you just listed off like almost 10 quarterbacks, and then why on earth would I draft an early quarterback? Because it all comes down to who's on the board, who's the best player available. Am I taking a Godwin, or am I taking a Herbert? I'm taking a Herbert. If Walker's there, I'm taking Kenneth Walker over Burrow or anybody because I want to go after the Trey Lance or Russell Wilson with Walker approach versus taking uh, Herbert or whoever because Walker's that valuable to me. Do I take Brees Hall over Josh Allen? Yes, I do. Every time. And that might make me not own Josh Allen in that league. And that's fine. Then I've got the Trey Lance approach. I'm not just some early, only early quarterback drafter. I'm a defender of it because no one else defends it. No one else can properly explain early quarterback drafting and how there is some rhyme and reason to it if you don't believe in the players on the board and they're the best contributor in fantasy football and they could be the number one. Thank you, uh, uh, James. Let me let me get back to you on that real quick. Hold on, James. James, I got your message here. I'm going to send you one back right now, pal. Okay, there you go, buddy. There you go, buddy boy. Um, oh, we got a voice message from from a random here, Jacob. Let's let. Uh, oh, never. Hold on. I don't know what he's doing. He's playing a song. <laughs> if that's good, later I'll listen to it. We'll put it back on the show next time. I don't have time. You're, you take way too long with your intro, bro. Um, <laughs> serenading me and shit. I like it. I like it, bro. Um, phone lines, I'm shutting down. Appreciate everybody that dialed in. I still got some more um, uh, voice messages to get to. So let's get to those real quick before we end this show. We got uh, Kenny. Hey, Smitty. Where do you see Hopkins in comparison to Godwin? Because... I think there's a chance that both of them miss around the same time. Maybe Godwin doesn't even miss six weeks, but uh, where do you have Hopkins ranked if you're putting Godwin there? Um, you know, the thing, the difference between the two is that Godwin, I still worry about being hurt, whereas Hopkins should come back healthy. So give me Hopkins in like that seven top of the seven round range, because again, ETN, Walker, uh, Burrow, all those guys, there's a plethora of guys in round six that I think could still, like, ten times out of ten, one of them is going to be there. I don't anticipate not getting one of them. So that's why he becomes my seventh drafted player. So, kind of feel like, uh, uh, you know, that that's where I, I look to, like, round seven. And Hopkins would be fine there. You know, he's going to miss six games, so you can't take him earlier. Godwin, I take later than that. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to trying to view some of the chat. There, I, there's somebody asking something, and I feel like somebody needs help here. It's fantasy dog. Does anyone know anything about the cup league head-to-head playoffs waiver wire order? Um, waiver wire order will be randomized. 
It is a one-hour timer um, off at midnight to 6 a.m., but you can still draft during that time. Like, I encourage everybody to draft at 2 and 3 and 4 a.m. if you're up and you see yourself, you know, take, you're leaking the lizard and you're, you're like, dude, I'm on the clock. Take, take, a, take, a, take a draft um, selection. Also, pre-rank. Like, don't be, don't be di- disrespectful and not pre-rank when you get up at, at 10 a.m., okay, which is fine. I don't judge you. But you get up at 10 a.m., and you're on deck at midnight and the timer goes off, right? Pause, the timer pauses at midnight to 6, 6 a.m. But as soon as someone picks at 6 a.m., let's say, or if they pick at 3 a.m., your timer is going to start right at 6 a.m. You'll have one hour. You're going to time out. So pre-rank, especially with eight copies of every player, if you're four picks away, you might be talking about four players, four versions of that player still available. How? Why would you not pre-rank? If you know who you're going to take, pre-rank. Um... One hour timer, it's going to take like a month to two months to, to, to get through, depending on if everybody maxes out that hour timer. That's a worst case uh, prediction. Um, it's total points, one division, no head-to-head. Total points race, one division through week 16's, or week 17's end. Um, I may make a tweak, and tell me what you guys think about this in the chat. This will allow the draft to go quicker, and it will also make it very, very strategic. So uh, if you guys can, especially if you have a say, you're in the league. Tell me what you think of this idea. It's not going to make everybody happy, but I think it'll make the competitive person excited. No benches. No benches whatsoever. You literally either start a guy on a buy and keep him. Or if someone gets hurt, you got to make a call. If he's out for one week, do you keep him? Or do you drop a guy that's valuable it's going to make the waiver wire totally deep, just completely plentiful. And I thought this this way we could turn off the waiver wire system in general. And you literally could. Uh, we we'd probably do some kind of 24-hour hold because we want to make sure that, that there's no collusion. But 24-hour hold on a player and, and do some kind of like, you know, blind bidding on it or whatever. Maybe get like... $400 for the year or $200 or $100 or whatever and you're out of the money you're out of the money there's no $0 bids or anything um, or or you could bid free once a guy clears the waivers but what do you guys think about that no bench players whatsoever it's kind of a it makes it just like hands on like you gotta really be into it and, and be picking up guys but you'll always be able to grab somebody what do you guys think about that? Is anybody having like major objections to that? I kind of feel like that's the way to go. I kind of feel like that might be the fun way to do it. It's all going to be on my fantasy league. Uh, disadvantage to skill players. Smitty says fantasy dog. Um, not necessarily because if you're really good at, at uh, you know, knowing when to react to that kind of stuff. I don't know. I haven't decided yet on it. It's just something that, that, that came to my mind that would make it a very fun... Um, fun like uh to you know see the teams that we can all assemble and the guys that could get dropped i don't know silver doesn't like the idea we'll see no benches ray players get hurt you need a bench that's the whole point though cliff you gotta cut them you gotta make that call that's the strategy involved cliff if somebody gets hurt you gotta cut them you gotta cut them or you hold them um there could maybe be like two bench spots or three bench spots, maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah, Hod, that, that's the problem. On the bye week, you got to make that call. You got to, like, maybe you have a lead and you can afford some buys. I don't know. That's part of the strategy involved. But may, maybe we keep three bench spots. I don't know. I, I want to make sure everybody's happy. We'll probably put a poll up on the on my fantasy league. Make sure you're, you're you got a bookmarked and everything. Okay, let's go to voicemail group two. Hey, Smitty Terry here. Uh, what do you think of this crazy signing uh, extension on David Njuku now the fourth highest paid tight end in the NFL? I uh, gotta think like Schultz and Waller and some others right now are just licking their chops at this. And uh, uh, if he's at 14 now, point two something million uh, in Njuku, these guys are gonna get paid a lot more now. What do you think on that? Yeah, that's a Njuku is a really really bad. That's a bad signing. Like, I, I like him. He's got talent and upside for sure. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do because I always liked him. Like, when he came in, I'm like, doesn't Njoku kid could be good. Like, basketball player type type tight end. Um, go up and get a football pretty much with anybody on a jump ball. Um, I, I like him. But trouble staying healthy. Hasn't evolved. He's been in the league a while. I know the quarterback situation has been volatile there. But he had enough targets and opportunity to thrive yet. So why is he getting this big dollar amount when he hasn't really proved it? kind of crazy to me uh, but yeah you're right this is going to up the the tight end asking price in terms of contract negotiation then again you know i don't know maybe it's a it's one of those situations like christian kirk where it's like what you do with your players is one thing what we do with ours is another you know that isn't a trend so i don't know that it for sure set the market but it certainly could have but that was a dumb that was a dumb amount of money asher <laughs> Smitty approved. I dig it, Asher. I dig it. We might have to have you come on and do a live performance soon. Asher dropping fire. Dropping. That was a banger. That was a banger, Asher. Appreciate you, Asher. Dude, dude banging out hits from his from his basement there, bro. Anyway, get ready for the 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 league. It's gonna be fun. James, appreciate your super chat. Appreciate everybody that super chatted. Um, that's pretty much the show. Hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. We've got uh, 80 people still in here. Please punch that thumbs up. We're live Monday through Friday. Every single Monday through Friday. But guess what? Brett, news breaks. Who goes live? Terry. Cliff. Kenny. The other Terry. Silver. Hoovy. Swaggy. Everybody in here. Fantasy Dog. What happens if... If breaking news occurs, that's right. Your boy Smitty walks into the studio. Ziggy, studio off. Your boy Smitty walks into the studio and goes, Ziggy, studio on. And I go live. And I go live. I go live for you. I work for you. And if you comment, 
I will respond to pretty much 99.9% of all the comments on my videos. So drop fire right now and I'll get back to you. And go to thefantasyfootballshow.com, the new fantasyfootballshow.com, thefantasyfootballshow.com. Go check out. Hold on a second. We got a super chat. Uh, Gavin, you still here? Gavin, you still here? Smitty, you decide because I can't. Jefferson or Pittman plus Devontae Smith, 2023 first PPR, one QB, start nine. Gavin, tell me you're still here, pal. Appreciate your super chat, by the way. Gavin, you here? Gavin. Gavin, what's on your mask, bro? Okay. Jefferson or Pittman, Devontae Smith, 2023 first. The only reason I'd even consider this 2023 first side is if you knew it was the 1.1 and you were getting Robinson. And then and then and then Gavin, you have yourself a dilemma potentially. But even if you threw Jefferson into the player pool next year with Robinson and all those 20 Sorry. Even if you threw Robinson or, or Jefferson into the player pool with all the 2023 rookies. Gavin, you still here? Even if you did that, Gavin, Jefferson could go 1.1 in that rookie draft in 2023. So I'm going to tell you, bro, you can't guarantee me you've got the 1.1 in that 2023 first rounder there. This is a no Smitty disapprove. You've just been Smitty Disapproved. You haven't been Smitty Disapproved, Gavin, but this trade offer, I'm going to say no way. Keep Justin Jefferson. Don't even consider this, in my opinion, unless you knew 100% that you were getting the 1.1. Gavin, where are you, Gavin? Did Gavin leave? Gavin, come back. If he's still here, he's taking a long time to type. He's going, Smitty... I'm still here. Gavin. Just for Smitty. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate you, Terry boy. Terry's on the loose. Terry. Terry. He's scary. Terry's on patrol. We're still waiting for Gavin. I'm going to start this timer over. 57 seconds and the show ends. People that left, they, they miss out. You don't want to leave before the credits. You never know what's going to happen. Smitty might pop back on the screen. But we're waiting for Gavin. I think Gavin took off. I think Gavin took off. Gavin, I'm sitting here dedicating a good two, three minutes to you. Where are you, pal? Where are you, Gavin? Everybody will have a star team, greatly reducing manager skills. Okay, maybe we won't do that. Okay, we'll put a vote up, but I'm pretty sure that everybody's not happy about this no bench thing. Um, so we'll probably go with the bench then. I just thought it would be a good little tweak to it, but I'm okay. It looks like Gavin left. I don't think Gavin realizes he's getting getting all this, this love right here. Uh, Gavin Jefferson, keep him, keep him, man, keep him. Etn or Gibby on Dynasty Channel. Yeah, we got to go live on the Dynasty Channel right now. Hey, seventy of you watching right now, I've pinned a link. Good God, this timer thing. I pinned the link in the Dynasty Channel. 
go to the go to the uh, uh, go to the the live chat. Click on that link. We're going live right now to talk about. Let's talk about ETN. Kenny's got a good one. ETN. Go to the Dynasty channel right now. Gavin, where are you, Gavin? Go to the Dynasty channel, Gavin. <sighs> Fantasy dog, Cliff. Are all you guys going over right now? There's 70 of you in here. Hit the Dynasty channel link pinned in the chat. We're going right now. Appreciate all of you. thought I was leaving, didn't you? Crazy kids. Don't ever leave before the credits. Don't.